0: Hello, I'm Yolanda Brown, and if you love classical music or you're keen to learn more about it, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the LPO Offstage Podcast. Today we're recording at Glyndebourne, which is in Lewis in East Sussex. Glyndebourne is the opera house that hosts a festival of opera every summer, and the LPO is the resident orchestra. But... We're here to talk about much more than just Glyndebourne. The LPO has a long history of working in East Sussex and I want to find out more about this part of the world. So I'm joined by Eastbourne Arts Ambassador Chris Connolly, clarinetist Tom Watmo and viola player Kate Leake. Welcome back, Tom. And hello, Chris and Kate. Great to have you here. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Hello.
0: (laughs) Hello. Right, so we're in Glyndebourne, the opera house, the beautiful gardens in Lewis in East Sussex, and we're here to find out about Sussex life. Some people may know Lewis for their famous bonfire night celebrations, which I've not experienced, but I'm seeing some nods around the table. But what's the LPO's relationship with this part of the world,
2: Tom? Well, it goes back a long time. I can't remember when when was the first Glyndebourne season the orchestra did? It's 50s. It must have been it's a long time. A long, long time. So lots of people live around the area. They just kind of gravitate here. A lot of singers do as well. That's not the reason why I live here. It's a complete accident I, li- I live here. And Tom, where about in Sussex do you live? I live in West Sussex in Hayward Seath, which I've lived for uh, since 2011.
0: And Chris, what does your role entail as Eastbourne Arts Ambassador? Uh, what does it mean to be a cultural ambassador?
1: Well, it's a very grandiose term, isn't it? I hesitate. I I, I blush when people use the term. It conjures images, doesn't it, of an old man with chocolates in a kind of sumptuous setting. Actually, my role is really to bang the drum for Eastbourne as a cultural player. I think it's a town that historically has a set of associations with it. Um, Eastbourne often seen as a place of the elderly, a place that's perhaps quite traditional and conservative in its instincts. And I think over the last few years, we've really tried anomaly hard to refresh that offer, to kind of confront the 21st century with gusto and vim. And um, my role is really to tell that story to anyone who'll listen.
0: Oh, well, we're here to listen today. This this is really good. And already, you know, Tom, you said that people gravitate here. But Kate, why did you join the LPO? Was that sort of East Sussex aspect something that
3: attracted you to the orchestra? Not at all. It was the previous principal viola called Roshan Ganesh. And I used to go, as a, when I was at school, as a schoolgirl, and watch concerts with the LPO. And he was principal viola and he was so fantastic. And eventually I, I got to music college and I learned with him for a year. And my first job freelancing was with the LPO and it was probably 1985. And then I got a job here in about 1991. I've been here over 30 years. Oh,
0: wow. These are the journeys that I absolutely love. We've had a couple of people on the podcast say, you know, their journey with LPO started so early. And it's lovely to know that then you can find your seat and find your home here. Yeah. Okay, so people gravitate here, but it's not because the LPO has its residency here. So what is it about East Sussex that really brings you here, Tom?
2: What brings me Well, I can tell you what I like about East Sussex. Tell me, tell me. Sussex Smoky. Fantastic. I have it every time I go in a pub. What's but Sussex smoking? It's um, like haddock, smoked haddock in um, mustardy sauce. It was very good. to oh, so try. Lush.
3: Where yeah. would you find that? I in in it. In
2: I've, never it. I've never heard <laughs> of it, actually. <laughs> i yeah, This is one of the big secrets of Sussex. I mean, that,
1: wow.
2: It's fantastic. Can you get it Don't anywhere then? Any of the go... pubs around here, and I've been in one or two of them. And, yeah. Is it a Lewis thing, then? No, just... uh, Sussex Wider Really? Wow, I've got to search
1: it out Yeah, me too
2: Can't believe you haven't tried a Sussex Smoky
0: Sussex Smoky, I'm writing it down Yeah, absolutely (laughs) (laughs) And actually, Chris, before we we started recording you were talking about food and your your love of food here So what food do you like in East Sussex?
1: So, well, yeah, I mean, one of the things I do I mean, this Arts Ambassador thing is really a kind of annex to my main job which is looking after historic buildings and I also do a little bit on the food economy so it's interesting. The man <laughs> that talks about the food economy has never heard of the Sussex Smoky. I feel deeply embarrassed, but I will search it out. Yeah. What do I like? I mean, I think it's really rich. I mean, I live at um, Hastings, so at the other end of um, East Sussex. And I would say in the last 10 years, we've got almost a London quality food environment now. Um, I think there are 40 new food businesses in Hastings. I think in Eastbourne at the moment, we're looking at uh, 10, 15 new independent food businesses. Wow. Not one of them, to my knowledge, doing oh. the smoky. But maybe that's my next task, to scout a smoky provider. I think it should be, yeah. yeah.
2: Fantastic.
3: I can add to that, be. because where I live, I'm really lucky to be close to several farms that are biodynamic, organic, and I love cooking. So when you get fantastic ingredients, you're just in heaven. So there's Claw Hatch is in... Witchcross. Tablehurst, which is in Forest Row, it won 2022 Farm of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. There's one in Cherry Hill on the way to Tummish Wells, so people coming from Tummish Wells could stop there. There's a local asparagus farm called Brockwell. It's in full season until the end of June, pretty much. And we have Oast Farm, Pick Your Own Farm, which is has also got a cafe and they use all the excess fruit, produce left over mm. in the cafe and they, they make jams, preserves, cakes. It's just amazing.
0: I feel really, really lucky. That sounds absolutely
3: delicious. And is this all about around where you live? Where do you Well so I based? live in Uckfield. So everything is within a 15 minute drive radius. Mm. Although actually... The oat farm I can walk to. And it's a great place for cyclists to stop out and have lunch because yes. we did that during lockdown when we were allowed to meet and they had big tables outside. It sounds glorious and it's really interesting. I mean,
0: already we're seeing what diversity there is here of things to eat and, and see and I know we're going to delve in a bit more. Just bringing it back to the music and we'll work our way back mm-hmm. out. Over 60, or around 60 performances a year between Brighton, Eastbourne and Glyndebourne Chris, what does the orchestra's presence bring to the area?
1: Well, in terms of Eastbourne specifically, um, for us, I mean, it's a very deep relationship. I think the LPO plays six times a year in Eastbourne. So that, I think, is the top end of the the scale. They launched back in the 60s performances at the Congress Theatre, this amazing Royal Festival Hall-type building on the seafront in Eastbourne. They were the first guys to perform on the stage there back in the mid-60s. We've just had a massive refit huge refit, state-of-the-art auditorium. And when we reopened, it was the LPO that came back to honour that moment. So for us, it's a deep emotional bond. And I guess generations of people have grown up with the LPO, as a regular fixture in their their social life. We're looking to do some work outside of traditional um, concert halls, maybe some work in parts of town where that kind of association isn't quite so grounded. So, yeah, it's a historic link, but it's changing all the time, and that makes it fun. It does indeed.
0: And so you hear that sort of connection from the community, but for the players as well. I mean, you're both based in Sussex, Tom and Kate, but... You know, we've done an episode on on Glenborn here on LPO stage, and we hear people actually make it a holiday. They come and stay stay over here and do the concerts, but actually bring their families down as well. What's the pull for the players to Sussex?
2: When you're in London and you're in the Festival Hall, and you feel certainly myself, I feel the pressure of critics. Mm-hmm. What are they going to write about? Is this this has got to be perfect for the critics? And it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a factor. But when you go to Eastbourne or Brighton, you're playing absolutely purely for the for the audience, and you can really feel the appreciation yeah. of it and the connection. I, I love it. It's absolutely marvellous.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that mm. because when we come out at the concerts afterwards and you maybe talk to some of the audience members and they will say how much they've enjoyed it, which is lovely. And also we don't have to, we're not doing recordings. Maybe I shouldn't add that bit. (laughs) But there's a lot of pressure at the Festival Hall when we are doing recordings for the label or for marquee TV. It
0: absolutely makes sense. And as you sort of come into Sussex, you see the rolling hills, you, you see the farms and the animals, and there is a sense of opening up and freedom that comes with it. Is there a piece of music that comes to mind when you think of Sussex? For example, Debussy supposedly got his inspiration for La Mer whilst looking out over the English Channel from Eastbourne's Grand Hotel. Is there a piece of music that comes to mind
2: as you reach Sussex? I I just want to jump in there about La Mer because (laughs) La Mer, he, he finished La Mer off. The Grand Hotel in Eastbourne, but he did—he'd already written it, but he was—he was just going through the proofs and so on. That's not to say he wasn't—he uh, didn't not. find it. Wrote to his his friends about the wonderful sea at Eastbourne. But, yeah, just to... Cor- I like
0: that. I like that. Correct that <laughs> for, the, for the, uh, the holiday Christmas Christmas <laughs> yeah. quizzes. When you're having your... Uh, Sus- What's it called? The Smoky?
2: Sussex Smoky. Sussex Smoky. We did La Mer Eastbourne. They used to used to be able to hear the seagulls, which kind of added something to it, yes. I think. That's your a lovely price, touch. It? Yeah, it's <laughs> authenticity. The, the seagulls on the roof. <laughs>
0: But actually your answer is really interesting because as I was driving in, I I drove in today with my family and we're Londoners, East Londoners. And so, you know, I don't know what happened on the roads, but we ended up taking lots of country roads and sort of engulfed by the trees. And it was just so beautiful. And to me, you know, it was just, wow, do people live here all Mm -hmm. the time? But I do wonder if you're here all the time, does it just become normal? yes (laughs)
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a bit, yeah.
0: And is there any music that comes to your mind, Kate, when you're around Not at, her? All.
3: No, <laughs> Not at all? Not even. <laughs> cut that bit. No, no, I like it. No, because when I'm traveling, because I'm training to be a Suzuki violin teacher, I have to memorize all the music. So I have playing in my car all the time Suzuki violin repertoire. It's the sound driving it's the me crazy, <laughs> but that's
0: what I have to work on. Brilliant. OK, Chris, do you have anything for me? Is there anything that comes to mind like coming I from East London? Should.
1: Well, I, mean, I think the shock coming from East London was the air quality. When we first arrived, you know, you've got the coast, you've got that kind of freshness. And birdsong, actually, that's the kind of sound I remember as opposed to, I don't know, a 38 bus, as it were, revving. So, I don't know, Messian or something like that, you know, the birdsong thing, <laughs> completely oblique. But actually, it kind of strikes a chord in my very urban brain.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the art scene like here in Eastbourne and in Sussex, Chris?
1: I think it's pretty vibrant. I mean, we have an enormous amount of performance space, actually. So we've got the Congress Theatre, we've got Devonshire Park Theatre, the Hippodrome, enormous amounts of of seated venues. And of course, this year, the real kind of hot story in the visual arts is the Turner Prize is coming to the Towner Gallery. And that is a real coup, I think, and people are quite surprised. Um, The town has really turned up the volume, I think, in the last few years. You will have seen, I'm sure all of you, the amazing Luther Gott's Dance Diagonal on the outside. And I think what it did was transform people's expectation and perception of that building. Mm -hmm. People were very nervous about that. The original plan was only to do a temporary piece because you don't need planning permission if it's temporary. So everyone was so nervous. They said, if we do it for less than six months, if we get the hundreds of phone calls we might expect, actually we can say it's not here for good. In reality, we have one caller only, who chose not to give her name, so we didn't actually have a recorded complaint, as it were. And that person said, well, it's not Eastbourne. And when we said, well, OK, tell us how and why it's not Eastbourne, it was quite difficult to put into words. So what we found was huge acclamation. I think the challenge will be, at some point, someone's going to say... What are we going to do after Luther Gott's? And that's a really hard act to follow, I think. So, yeah, the Turner Prize rocks up in September, back end of September through to next April. In addition to the show within the gallery, four top artists, there's a massive wraparound programme. So we'll be seeing art in shopping malls, on the pier, weird installations, a very interesting piece of dance potentially taking Luther Gotz's dance diagonal and literally making that dance on the pavement outside. So I think Eastbourne's going to tap its toe in a rather jaunty way.
3: Are there any cultural gems that you've come across, Kate? Art Wave yeah. in Lewis. I think it's over two or possibly three weekends in September. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of venues that are open in the whole area, not just Lewis. So open
2: houses, where, aren't it's there? It's basically yeah. open
3: house oh, where I... people are exhibiting artwork, photography, pottery, you name it. And there's also the Charleston Literary Festival, which is pretty big. Very good. And, I mean, you're within the arts,
0: you work within the arts with Kate and and Tom. When you get back home to Sussex, are there sort of favourite places that you like to go? Or is it outside of the arts? What are some of your hobbies?
3: I think for me, at the moment, it's cycling. So I've just done the Rebellion Way, which is a new cycle route that's opened up in Norfolk. So I've just cycled that, spent the week there. So I'm looking forward to cycling from Uckfield to Glyndebourne this summer. Okay. Um, I have cycled the South Downs way. Unfortunately, I did break my wrist the <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. tail the whole summer. What did that do for your playing too? Uh, you, have, you, you can't play. Stop. It <sighs> stopped
0: a did, did you miss it?
3: Yes, I did, yeah.
0: And how long was it your was quite recovery? Traumatic. Yes,
3: It probably takes about two years to recover properly from something like that. Wow.
0: And do you have a, a favourite South Downs walk or coastal amble?
1: I tend to go coast, actually, yeah. um, just because it's easier. So I kind of, I'm a very fair weather cyclist. I'm not uh, by any means ambitious. The move from London meant I had to get electric. The uh-huh. hills of Hastings are daunting for a, a middle-aged man. So I kind of, yeah, cruise to the seafront and, yeah, a nice walk, say, from St. Leonard's through to Hill. You've got the War, That's quite a nice cultural treat at the end. Mm. But I think the art is to combine maybe a walk and a restaurant or a pub. Yeah. But it's the perfect combination, isn't yeah. it? maybe a short walk and a long lunch but um, <laughs> that, that seen the right mix to me
0: <laughs> and how about for you Tom with with family mm. are there places that you like to take the family or have time together
2: oh yeah I mean, during lockdown so when we were allowed to venture out yeah we found all kinds of spots in Sussex lovely places Barker Mills if you've ever been there it's gorgeous absolutely tremendous on a day like today and you yeah. can take
3: a boat out on the, r- yeah. on the river. on yeah. river, You can hire a canoe. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that does sound fun. Really, really good. Are there any favourite venues that you go to? Do you get to enjoy music? Oh, it's a question always for musicians who play music all the time, play in venues all around the world. Do you go to venues to listen to music yourself in
3: Sussex? In Sussex? I've been to the theatre, the one in Brighton, Theatre Royal. But, yeah. So what did I see? Under Milkwood, was fabulous. Because we have very long days, that's one of the drawbacks of living in Sussex. On concert days in London, we can't get home. So we have a rehearsal in the morning. So from one thirty to 7.30, what do you do with your time? So I've started going to see plays, so I went to see something at the Globe Theatre, um, I think that was Henry the Fourth, part two, and I went to see fellow at the National Theatre. Yes, okay, yeah, in the locale, you can That's do that. what I would prefer to do. Amazing.
0: And for yourself, Tom?
2: I don't, I'm afraid, I'm, I, it's embarrassing to admit, but I, I don't go to go to many concerts, it's very, very rare, only when I'm forced to by my wife or something, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, I don't tend to. It's Tuesday,
3: actually, yeah. And
0: how about yourself, Chris? Are there any favourite venues or spots that you like to go in Sussex. to? In
1: Sussex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the De War is very good. It's down the road to me, a really very mixed programme. Actually, the Winter Garden, where I'm physically based, has just reopened in partnership with the De La War. And we're putting on a quite ambitious programme now. So I think Blur came back the other week. So again, Britpop Classics were trying out their Wembley show in the Winter Garden, this amazing, restored Victorian fun palace. Um, I think Suede are coming later in the year. And there's a really exciting mix, I'm told. I cannot reveal the names, but there's three concerts around mid-September linked to the opening of the Turner Prize and one of those names is truly legendary. Um, So keep an eye out for that. I mean, I don't often raise an eyebrow, but I whooped on a train. It was so, so exciting. So that's coming up. And St. Leonard's, where I live, I think I said earlier, was one of the most musical towns in Britain. I think Goldsmiths did a survey of people who play music, consume music, enjoy it, and St. Leonard's and Hastings came out top. So there's an awful lot of live music in the town so without necessarily having to walk beyond the end of my road yeah we're very lucky actually to have good pubs and great live music.
0: And what about opportunities for up-and-coming artists are there do they nourish the talent that's in Sussex as well?
1: Yeah actually there's a really lovely story and it's about young musicians in Eastbourne actually who copped the fact that 20 years ago there was a massive pub scene in Eastbourne and lots of those pubs have gone and they approached the chief executive of Eastbourne councils and they did a actually it's one of the best pitches I've heard I've seen commercial pitches less well achieved in 15 minutes and they made the case for a mini music concert in Eastbourne but very cutting-edge stuff so extreme noise concerts and things like that we were very sympathetic and We were talking about venues, and we ended up in the town hall, the amazing assembly room, so a panelled room that isn't used exhaustively. And one of the musicians said, I want to play there, I want to play on the main stage, and that became a bit of a challenge. And in February this year, we launched something called Green Light Music Festival, three days of live music, with extreme noise band Torrid Horror, and four support bands on the stage in the town hall with a capacity audience. We turned people away at the door and it was the most counterintuitive thing, that you had 400 local people, many young, walking up the stairs of that great building, past images of men with beards in robes. And actually, I think one of the things we're looking at doing now is taking pictures of the, the new musicians who look surprisingly similar to the old men in beards <laughs> and actually doing a visual arts thing, replacing the old with the new. I think we're looking at putting in Arts Council funding to make that an annual event. So mm. it was people actually saying, we need to keep music live mm. and we need to keep it diverse. And not only did they make their case, I think they packed out the house, which is a great little story. This is really, really lovely. And
0: Chris, for anyone who doesn't know, what is an Extreme Noise concert?
1: OK, I think the closest match is probably, it's part of the family punk. Um, But it's, in the particular form that we had, it's very cabaret driven. It's it's, it's quite risky. There's a strong element of performance and you won't forget it if you've seen it. It's really rather good, actually. The LPO celebrates 60 years of being the resident orchestra at the Congress
0: Theatre in Eastbourne this year. What does that relationship mean to the players to have that heritage behind each gig that you do, Tom?
2: It's, it's lovely. Loyalty. Yeah, loyalty, yeah. When we were in, just coming out of uh, lockdown, we, we had chamber music concerts at the um, Devonshire, the Devonshire Theatre in Eastbourne. which was a lovely little theatre, by the way, and perfect for what we were doing there. We were really up close and personal with the audience there. And we could see... We, see just how much we were appreciated. Yes. It seemed to be evidence of, of the longevity of, of their relationship. Mm. Yeah, these people have been coming back for years and years. We've we got to speak to them probably about it all, and it's lovely to hear, and you want to, want to do your best for, for yeah. that kind of audience, don't you? Yeah. So...
0: And have you heard anything on the wind of that relationship between the LPO and...?
1: I think we hear it from the people that come. So what they say to us is we like the fact that you come as often as you do and keep doing it. And I think people like bringing new generations of you as well. So people will bring their grandchildren. And because it's local, it's quite easy, it's quite natural. So I think that's quite exciting, isn't it, that you pass the battle on? Devonshire Park is a lovely little theatre, isn't it? It's got an amazing rake, hasn't it, on the stage? It's a bit
2: of a rake, yeah, you have to be careful. I think if you have, have like,
1: drama, you have to have it pinned down because um, it's physically quite demanding to appear on. But it's very intimate. Yes,
2: yeah.
0: When you say rake, just for those listening, what Uh,
1: is it? Slanted. The the stage is slanted. Ah. And... uh,
3: Downwards towards
2: the it's, and it's pretty sharp. It's
1: physically hard, apparently. If you're doing a really kind of, you know, active performance, the pressure on your body actually to work with that incline is apparently real. So, yeah, it's not only artistically hard work, it's physically hard work. But, yeah, it's a bit like Theatre Royal Stratford. It's yeah, got that kind of Victorian um, small theatre. It has seems unspoiled,
2: unchanged in, well, since... Vi- when it was, whenever it was built, in the 19th century. Yeah,
1: and it's, it was done up in, I don't know, 1910, I think they did another take on it. But it's listed, of course, so yeah. there's a limit on what you can do. And I think the friends of the Devonshire Park, who fund a lot and love it that much, are jealously preserve, as it were, that, that spirit of the place. I said in my
0: intro, actually, about the bonfire. Have you, been, have you been
3: to it? Once. Yeah awful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would never go again. It was awful. What happened? Just very, very loud, quite frightening, intimidating, crowded. I don't think the residents are very keen on it once they want to live in it, so...
1: I mean, the Lewis one is a legend, isn't it? Having said that, I was due to go last year, and because I don't drive, it's actually almost impossible to get in or out of the place. And I couldn't get accommodation. People literally book up for the bonfire thereafter. Mm -hmm. So I've yet to do it, but I do a number of other bonfires because it happens across the county. So I guess in terms of coming here and doing other things, if you're coming in the early autumn, pretty much there's a whole month of bonfires. I think it starts... Maybe Eastbourne actually starts it off and it kind of rumbles its way through to November 5th in, in Lewis. But the Rye is very nice, actually. The Rye um, bonfire through those medieval streets is, is quite evocative. The Old Town Hastings does a pretty good show as well. It's pretty wild, the Hastings one. The Eastbourne one has come back, actually, after a period of um, uh, you know, absence. So I'd never realised they happened in Sussex until I arrived. It's very much a local thing. But, yeah, worth sampling.
3: Worth sampling. They spend the whole year fundraising for it, and every yeah. year there's a summer parade of all the bonfire societies coming down through Oakfield High Street. That sounds interesting. Crazy.
1: It's pretty, yeah, when the flames are alight and it's dark. I mean, it really is, isn't it? It's kind of visceral and powerful. And if you've got the right location... Mm. Yeah, it's kind of scary in a good way. Um, I I strongly commend it. It really does. My kids couldn't believe it. haven't been yet. Well, no, the Lewis one might take me beyond the edge.
2: Right.
1: Because they have fires afterwards. So when Uh, they've done the main parade, they go off and have their own sights. And apparently that's where, you know, it gets really exciting. <laughs> Quite rowdy. Have you ever been yourself, Tom?
2: Yeah, I've been. I've witnessed it from through a window. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I can understand why Kate's kind of uh, slightly alarmed by it. It's mm. Very tribal. Mm. Yeah. I've oh, been, yeah. I mean, I've seen the Wicker Man, you know. it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> Right. In series six, it's really nice. We have some quick fire
0: questions and you've given us lots of recommendations around Sussex, which is, is really, really great. But if somebody came to you and said, I'm going to Sussex on holiday where should i go top place you could give me one very short sharp answer wilderness wood what's in wilderness wood camping camping it's wilderness. very
3: special it's quite wooded and you have a fire pit and it's good for families camping so not no totally
0: against fires it's just <laughs> this bonfire. we like we like it's a campfire fire. okay good i like that good on the notes
2: uh sheffield park is beautiful place um I went there a couple of days ago with my family it's, it's so tremendous and this time of year it's, it's everything is in bloom it's wonderful
0: brilliant sheffield park in the spring good chris you're yeah, oh, struggling so, there yeah, <laughs> there's
1: oh, there so many it's difficult isn't it um i kind of like the wine we haven't talked about wine in in sussex we are very fortunate to be wine country Tillingham is very lovely, actually, which is a farm that produces the food that they serve in their restaurant. It's a set of converted kind of barns. Yeah, it's very, very chilled and it works. And, yeah, I might say go to Tillingham Tillingham. and and take a bottle home afterwards.
3: One more thing. Yes. Lewis football ground where the ladies football team play Mm. is excellent it's beautiful because you've got the south downs in the background it's a small family intimate football ground It's a lovely atmosphere
0: Brilliant. I'll add that on the bonus list. That's, that's really good. OK, so you've got me to Sussex now. I know where I'm going. We also have uh, questions in from our listeners, and uh, it's one that I'd like to put to our musicians around the table here. Uh, do you play any musical instruments, Chris?
1: As a child, I played piano very badly. I no Ooh. longer play piano as oh, yeah. a result of that no, traumatic experience.
0: You, <laughs> might, you might be able to help me here. So the question to you is, do you still practice your scales every day?
2: Yes, I do. I do. I'm yes. an avid practicer. How and, long would you spend? Oh, gosh. It all depends how much time I have. But I use every bit of time I can these days. And it's just, just to kind of maintain things and always be pushing to get find things easier, basically. But scales and uh, are so essential. And
0: do you have a, a set sort of tour of the scales that you play?
2: Uh, no. It, it changes as I see... Fit, that feels a bit rusty, or that, so I'll work on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, I practice a lot. Good, thank you.
3: Kate? I have to admit, I also practice a lot, but it depends on how much time I have as to whether scales enter the mix or studies. Otherwise, it's repertoire all the way. Ah, uh, very good.
0: Well, really, really good. If you would like to send a question in to our panel here on LPO Offstage, please do email offstage at lpo.org.uk or via our socials, the LPO Instagram at London Philharmonic Orchestra. Do let us know any question. I think that was really, really good, really insightful. Did you practice your skills, Chris?
1: No, that's probably why I'm no longer playing, <laughs> actually. I was—I I used to share a lesson with someone, and that person I think was keener than I was. I was quite happy to sit there and watch him play proficiently and do my two minutes of dire play and be told I would never have a career in music
0: but yet here's an are. exit
1: card I wasn't <laughs> I was quite happy to take actually
0: oh well no thank you so much for sharing your experiences and recommendations of where we should be in Sussex and it sounds absolutely glorious great to know the arts are present the wine the food and of course the cycling and walking as well thank you very much Tom Kate and Chris
3: thank you thank very you much thank you
0: Well, that's it for now from LPO Offstage with me, Yolanda Brown. Thanks so much to Chris Connolly, Tom Watmo and Kate Leake for those wonderful insights of Sussex life. Great places to go for the food, the culture, the cycling and lots more. And don't forget to email in your own questions for the players. Send them to offstage at lpo.org.uk. We want to hear from you and do keep in touch on social media, Twitter, Instagram and thanks so much for listening. Do join me for the next episode of LPO off stage. I'll see you then.